Hello everyone, my name is Jen Torres and I am a God, and so are you. Like many of you, I was raised to believe that if I just prayed hard enough, God would save me. As it turns out, that was actually true. I saved me. At the age of 15, I became pregnant with a beautiful baby girl who dropped in just in time to save my miserable life. This was my first awakening. This podcast is about all of the words and listening to those words to begin to envision what is possible. Because sometimes, as individuals, we feel we need to know everything, have it all together, and be everything all of the time. But that's why we live in a world filled with other people. Each person holds a piece of the puzzle. It's about being open to new information, new ideas, and new perspectives. We're going to talk about all of the topics surrounding what it takes for you to step into your God Goddess. Journey with me as we uncover all things living self-actualized and in your inherent divine God state. This podcast is about doing whatever it takes to develop and nourish the God in you. You, you. Happy New Year, everyone. I hope everyone had a happy Christmas and happy holidays and a wonderful new year heading into 2024. This will be the last episode of 2023, and we are kicking it off with a a really cool episode uh, with Pauline Chang, who is a Chinese astrologer, and I'm sure you've heard of the 12 animal signs in Chinese astrology. Um, Well, Ba Zi is actually the original term for Chinese astrology, and uh, I thought it'd be really cool to dive into the year of the wood dragon with Pauline Chang, who I will talk more about, and we will introduce her shortly. But just a little bit about her. She's a former communications professional, but now a full-time Ba Zi and Feng Shui practitioner. She impacts lives by using Chinese metaphysics, arts, and ba zi and feng shui as well. So what I love about her though is, and you'll see for yourself, but when you check her out on YouTube, which I hope you will by clicking on the show notes, um, the link in the show notes to the episode, you will see that she has a way of describing all of this that's really simple and it is very impactful. Um, So without further ado, let's bring on Pauline Chang. All right. So hello, everyone, and welcome back to another brand new episode of the She's a God podcast. As you've already heard in the introduction to this episode, we have a brilliant, brilliant episode for you here and now um, with Pauline Chang, and she is going to be talking all about all of the things that we're curious about um, when it comes to 2024 and period nine and the year of the wood dragon and all of the things. I want to just say really quick before I bring her on it to the to introduce herself is just how I found her. So I'm going to invite you all right away to just YouTube, check her out. You're going to love her videos. That's how I found her. I just was like, what's up with the year of the wood dragon? And then I found that video. And then from there, she kind of encouraged me to, or the audience to check out like their animal and their year. And then I did that. And then I just kept going deeper and deeper, deeper in her YouTube channel. And what I love so much about it and what I know everybody's going to love so much about it is the way she articulates the information. 
it lands. I don't know what else to say. It lands. It makes sense. She talks about it and you just get it. So without further ado, Pauline, thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you, Jen. Thank you, everyone. I am so thrilled to be here. And uh, before we get into all of the things, right, I just want to tell everybody, hey, guys, Jen was the answer to a manifest. Isn't that nice? When she sent me the email, I was like, oh, my God, yes. <laughs> this is what I've asked. <laughs> Pauline and I were kind of cracking up about this because she was, she literally just was manifesting more of this energy. We're going to talk a lot about like the divine feminine period nine, bring it full circle for you guys to bring, make it make sense. Um, but it was kind of brilliant how it happened. She's like, what? Like I was just putting this out into the universe and then boom, I email her. So I love the way that worked. Yeah. We all love being a part of, uh, uh, the answer to a manifest, don't we? Mm hmm. I felt I felt very magical in that moment. Just hearing that powerful. And that's really the core of this show. And people already know that. But it's just that we all have this inner divine God essence within us. And I think a lot of people, especially after, you know, 2020 and everything like that, they're realizing like, okay, like, nobody is coming. Like, I need to save myself. I need to figure myself out. And this is why we've also seen such a resurgence in people curious about spirituality, which I know that has to do with some astrological placements taking place to why everybody's interested in spirituality all of a sudden. But I just want to note that people need this type of information because they're like, yo, like what is happening in the world? Like I can't figure it out. So let me go within. Let me go inside of myself. Let me figure out what's happening with me. And then from that space, I can navigate everything that's happening outside of myself. So I want to just start out by asking um, for the listeners so people can get to know you and know just how you got on what you do now. What is your background? How did you start this journey? Did you start this path uh, to doing what you do now? Okay. Uh, I My background is in communications. So uh, prior to this, my uh, I make a living by producing live uh, sporting content. Uh, so I was a live sports producer, right? And uh, but I've always been interested in in the astrology, okay? But uh, so uh, what happened was in 2014, as per usual for most people on this journey, in 2014 something happened. But in my case, it wasn't a negative event. I went through in that year about three months where it was like I was on fire. Everything I touched, everything I wanted happened. So I have to admit, I got a little greedy. I want, I, I, and I was smart enough to know that it's not me. It wasn't me. Something else was going on. So I got a little greedy and I wanted to know, what is it? Can I forecast it? Can I, uh, how can I prolong the effects? Can I artificially create it? So I started searching for answers. Of course, like most people, I would go for consults. But at that time, I was not asking the right questions. And uh, there's there's a little bit of uh, this because I'm uh, my my day master is a bang fire, and uh, we are basically kind of quite OCD. So I was I was not happy, and and so yeah, after a couple of years, I'm going like no no no, we're gonna we're gonna study this. All right, we're going to figure it out for ourselves because 
because uh, they can't give me the answer. So and I was getting frustrated. So and and uh, one class led to another and to another, and I'm going like, hey, this is important. People need to know this. And uh, so then it started the this this whole entire journey, and now I'm I'm uh, full time doing Pazi and uh, Feng Shui, and it's been I must say I'm very grateful. It's been a very fulfilling life. What is for for people who are just like this uh, eating it up already and kind of curious more about it, what exactly is Bazi and what is uh, Feng Shui for people who maybe are not too familiar. Okay, so um, Bazi is very similar to what you do, Jen, which is human design. Okay, but in Chinese metaphysics, there are three components to a person's fate. All right, so uh, you have heaven luck which is Bazi, this is what has been given to you. All right? At the time of your birth, this is what has been given to you. Okay, let's, let's give a very simple example. Let's say that uh, you were born on the same day and the same hour as uh, someone successful. Um, let's, let's just use a, 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 a simple example, maybe a, a very successful entrepreneur, maybe like Warren Buffett, maybe. Okay, so something, some, someone like that. I, I have the exact same chart, right? But uh, why is it different? How are our lives different? That's the second component, which is uh, earthling. This is what feng shui is, is concerned about. The environment that we grew up in, uh, the, the home that we lived in, right? So that's the earth love. And then the third component is the man love. So what I do, what type of education I receive. So someone with the same chart, right? Because there's like, you know, how many babies are born every hour, right? So they all have the same chart, but how, where they are, what family they live in, what environment, what social environment they live in. So heaven luck, earth luck, and man luck coming together. So Batsu talks about uh, what has been given to you. You know, we talk about the strengths that have been given to you, the beauty of your chart, all right? And, but as you know, uh, all Chinese metaphysics is uh, uh, centers around the concept of yin and yang. When there is a strength, there will be weaknesses. So it's about playing with those energies. So if somebody were to come to you and say, "I'm interested in a reading," like let's, what would what what can they expect from that? To me, the best way to to have to, uh, to get maximum value from a reading is to ask the question, how, all right? A lot of people come asking like, what am I supposed to do? I don't know. So here's the thing. I've always encouraged my clients and those who watch me on YouTube uh, to think of our Bazi chart as Google Map. Google Map can take me anywhere, right? But I have to set the destination. So if you tell me that, hey, listen, I want to, I want to transition. I no longer want to be a, a, a career professional. I would like to transition into this space. Then how? How can I do it this year? Right? So because every year the energy, as you know, the energy of our chart changes. In fact, every day the energy changes. Right? So what can I do? What action can I take uh, to make the journey easier? So that's what we do. That's that's the best way to use a, a Batsu chart. And that's how we use it for ourselves. Okay. 
Yeah, that's so good. And that helps me to better understand how to approach the system because it sounds like it's so layered, which again, human design is so layered. There's so much information, but to come at it with more of like a focal point of exactly what you want to focus on before you dive in seems to be the correct approach to coming into it. So we know what Baza is and Feng Shui and what why these systems um, are important. Now let's talk about um, period nine. I want to kind of just start to open that conversation because this seemed very fascinating. You all have to understand when I first reached out to Pauline, I was like, tell me, tell me all about the wood dragon year. And I just really wanted to know about that. That seems like the most important thing. But then she really started talking about period nine and this connection with um, this growing resurgence of the divine feminine energy and the goddess movement that we have been seeing taking place. And obviously anybody listening to this podcast knows um, many women who listen to this uh, podcast are, you know, spiritually inclined and have this deep understanding of this inner uh, calling the divine feminine energy rising. So let's talk about that. And then we will get into the year of the wood dragon and all of this, but let's talk a little bit about uh, period nine and the divine feminine and how that energy is sort of playing out. Okay, so uh, actually the year of the wood dragon will be the first year, officially, the first year of period nine. Uh, every year is important, but that is why there is extra significance on the year of the wood dragon. But uh, energy doesn't change on a switch, right, as you know. So energy moves on a curve. It, it goes up, ascends, and then it comes down, it descends, and it rains. Right, so we have already started feeling this uh, period nine energy since, as you mentioned earlier, Jen, in 2020. Okay, a lot of people suddenly having this realization, yes, that, hey, nobody's coming to save me. I have to save myself. And uh, with uh, period nine, okay, just to explain what is uh, a, a feng shui period, all right. Um, a feng shui age lasts 180 years. So in that, there are nine periods in total. So which means that we've got uh, 20, uh, we, well, our terms are not so cool. So we call it, you know, a period of 20 years. So, okay, uh, I think it coincides with Western astrology, if I'm not mistaken, is we are either already in or uh, going into the age of Aquarius, which is the age of fire, right? And uh, so correct me if I'm wrong here because I'm not an expert in Western astrology. Now, but so period nine, the, the trigram that governs period nine is the Li trigram. So the Li trigram uh, represents fire and fire is spirituality. So hence why we see more interest in spirituality and also at the same time, uh, period nine with the Lee trigram also governs, uh, uh, in the correct traditional term, it's actually, it governs the middle daughter. That's what it's supposed to represent, a middle daughter. So when you take this old school term, you know, because Chinese metaphysics thousands of years old, okay, that means you can take it onwards. They say that, oh, it's the age of the middle age woman. And not quite, it's the age of the educated woman. And therefore, it is the age of the divine feminine. 
Okay, got it. Yeah, that's so interesting. So we were talking before too about how this period, it, it historically, um, the last time it cycled, some of what was going on in America, actually, uh, during the last time this energy was taking place. Can we uh, dive into that? Yes, of course. Let's. So the last of me, we know of Feng Shui age is 180 years. So the last period nine was 180 years ago, which was the late 19th century, right? So um, what we can see, I mean, I'm sure there were other happenings, but uh, what has been recorded would be, well, in here in Asia, the Dowager's Empress was the Empress, was, was the power behind the throne, all right? And over in the uh, U.S., it was the start of the women's suffragettes movement, this push for women to vote. It was something that continued, all right? And, and it started to spread to other countries as well, okay? And it was that one important moment that uh, led to us women being uh, considered uh, able to determine our self-determination, our ability to have our own lives. So now that we are back 180 years later, right, we're in a different space, but the, the, uh, this journey continues, it never ends. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's so fascinating how it all, the, it's, the history is in the stars and, and how it all aligns. Um, and we can look to that to just be able to see how it's manifesting here on Earth. It's so fascinating. So, in fact, you can actually track the feminist movements, all right, if I may, be, uh, may pull this in, the feminist movements through the ages uh, where the periods where the uh, trigram governing the period is uh, female, okay? So, the last, the last uh, female age was uh, period uh, seven. So, that period seven happened 1984 to 2003. So what happened at that time was that women forging our own careers, our own businesses, became a normal way of life. Now, don't get me wrong. Women have always worked, always. But in the 80s and 90s, all right, I'm, I'm old enough to remember it. I remember the jackets with the big uh, shoulder pads, right? Women were, 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 uh, were entering the workforce and creating careers they're not working out of necessity but because they want they they want a career so in fact when if you were to look at it from the lens of pop culture a uh, a series such as um sex and the city okay started in the started in period seven and that was when they were all about you know we're living our best lives we're forging our careers and all that and the series was long enough to span into period eight and it and the storyline started to shift inexplicably when they hit period eight and suddenly everybody wants to get married all the ladies all the cool ladies they wanted to get married they wanted to sell. so so it's this energy that moves up and down up and down and now we are coming to period nine. So I would like to hear from you as well, Jen. How do you, what to you is the divine feminine? Oof, that's such a powerful question. Um, just because it really, I didn't plan it, you know, and you don't plan astrology, it just is happening. So it's like out of nowhere, I had this sort of, I guess what you can call 
a spiritual awakening. And the only thing that made sense to me was connecting in with other women in spirituality who were working with what we would call the divine feminine energies. So the key, the thing is though, I mean, globally, you have places that definitely honor the divine feminine, even in parts of the United States, like Hawaii have goddess Pele and lots of different goddesses in India and all over the world, there's goddesses that are recognized. But here in the Western culture, we have one male God for the most part. Um, and then in some um, areas of like Catholicism and things like that, we will see the Holy Trinity. Um, and we so we will see um, sort of this energy around mother, father, God kind of thing. Um, but it ultimately it's, it's one male God system. So I, I suppose what I'm saying is most people who are you know, familiar or raised in the United States or in the Western culture were raised in some sort of one male, um, religion, uh, sort of one God and, and not this goddess energy. So it was divine masculine, certainly, um, with Yeshua and Jesus and that whole story. Um, but not so much the divine feminine. We saw bits, um, around, uh, mother Mary and Mary Magdalene, but we didn't quite get the whole story. And then we have to dig further and see what they were about. Um, and I've had women on here who um, actually had a woman on here who um, had a doctorate in women's histories. And she studied um, the lineages of Mother Mary and Mary Magdalene and what went all the way down the line on that and realized like, wow, like these women were actually holy women. They were like high priestesses and they, you know, Mother Mary um, gave birth to Jesus through light conception. It was very conscious decision and all of this. And so it's just when you actually start to dig into it, you know, first and foremost, to answer your question, the divine feminine certainly came to me through the area of spirituality. And then once I began digging in, I was like, ah, okay, there's a divine feminine aspect of the God energy. And it needs to be honored as well. And so that's where I came up with the She's a God podcast and She's a God all the things to kind of honor uh, the fact that she, you know, is a God and we need to honor that energy. Um, and so and so that's how it sort of manifested for me. I would love to know how it what it means to you and and how that's sort of how you work with this energy. Well, in uh, Asia, um, certain parts of Asia, uh, yes, there are goddesses, all right? In uh, Buddhism, we have the uh, goddess of mercy, and uh, even in Taoism, there are a lot of uh, powerful female goddesses, right? But uh, right now, we live um, quite similar to you guys. We, we In Asia, we live in a very patriarchal society. So for me... Uh, period nine is about the right to self-determination. It's this ability to feel complete in and of myself, right? Without needing another person to complete me. I don't need an outside validation. I don't need a society to approve how I choose to live my life, my life, my body, my decision, right? And uh, But in Asia, because we live in such a patriarchal society, we you don't have these online conversations, okay? So hence, when we uh, you, we don't have people uh, making TikTok videos <clears throat> about it about this situation because you you risk being attacked. And so 
what happens is then <clears throat> uh, what we feel, what we see is this general pushback by uh, not, not buying into the system through our own personal choices. So uh, you see, um, if you just look at the news, uh, marriage and birth rates are dropping in Asia, all right, and and the authorities are concerned, but it's not a and but there's nothing that they can fight against because nobody is standing up to say anything. It's just that suddenly, collectively, a lot of women are going like, "Hey, you know, I'm not buying into this. You know, I let me live my life. This is my life. You know, if 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 I want to have uh, children, I will. If I want to be a mom, I will. If I want." To, to focus on my career, I will. It's my right. It's my life. So so we are seeing this this kind of uh, uh, pushback that's happening. And um, in a way, a lot of what I do, especially with women clients, is actually supporting that. So someone once asked me, why do you why do you talk about money so much? Well, for one, I love money, but for the other, spiritual enlightenment costs money. Uh, if you, if a woman wants to look after her children, if she wants to get out of a, a an abusive relationship, a toxic relationship, she needs money. Okay, so money is useful. It's not, it's not the be all and end all. But uh, you know, if a woman comes to me and she's like, "Hey, listen, I'm depressed. I'm stuck. I don't know what to do." The first thing I do, I help you find money because once you have money, you have the means to buy health. You have the means to buy happiness. You have the means to buy new experiences. You have that means. So yeah, pretty much that's what's happening in, on this part of the world because we're talking maybe 12 hours apart. Mm -hmm. And you know, it's so, I love that we can do this first of all. So shout out to the Wi-Fi gods and freaking uh, Riverside.fm. <laughs> but I love that we can connect in this way, being so far apart from each other and to go back to what you're saying, like it's so important. You're talking about how money is important. And, and when we were emailing, when you mentioned that, I was like, oh my God, yes. Like all of the snaps to that. I live in the Midwest of the United States. So I live in a place that's very conservative. It's not like LA or California. Like it's not this like super flashy place. Um, and so people here are very conservative and I totally respect that. But at the same time, I've grown up in, a, in an environment where people are more likely to downplay their financial situation or they're more open to talk about how poor they are than they're open to talk about how wealthy they are. And I never understood that. You know, I was like, being poor is low vibe. Why? Because, it, and I know that's super triggering to a lot of people, but the thing is it puts you in a scarcity mentality. So right away, it puts you in um, an energy of like a fear state, like worried, like you're like worried about how you're going to make it and all of that. And I always like to remind people, like I've been on all the sides. So like, I know, like I've had all the jobs in the world. I've had no money and I've had money and all of that. So it's just like it, in understanding too, like how much more your energy gets freed up when you are in divine connection to your money codes, your money abundance. So can you talk a little bit more? How do you uh, work with women like in 
when it comes to bazi and feng shui, it, it seems like you are helping, you are helping empower women in her divine feminine energy and in the areas of money. How does that work? Is it like you are pulling their charts and kind of like seeing what areas they are best to work in or? Okay, so a lot, of, um, first I'm going to start off answering this by <clears throat> correcting a common misconception, right? Uh, your Basu chart is like your human design chart right it doesn't contain a magic bullet we can't automatically just change things right uh it's 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 outside of the realm of possibility so what i do is i work with them to try to achieve at least uh 30 percent improvement 30 percent is within the realm of uh, possibility right so so usually for uh, a lot of women it's either finding a the right uh, side gig, uh, a side business that maybe they could do easily, given their skills, given the inclinations of the chart. In fact, this is not just for women, for men too. Okay, many of us are stuck in careers that we are not fulfilled with, and and many many people will reach around maybe forties and they're going like, what, what am I doing? Is this it? You know, so then we can start brainstorming. But the best is always to start from their core. So if if your core is someone, say, for example, in communications, then what we do is we, we expand that core a little bit because from there, the results come faster. If I were to encourage someone, say, and uh, uh, to go to flip 180 degrees, uh, it's going to cause too much stress. Therefore, that change is not sustainable. So the best way, because like, like I keep saying, it's a it's a journey, it's a process. It's not uh, it's not like you know you come have a have a consult two hours later, my life changes. Well, I wish I can do that. I you know, <laughs> I wish, <laughs> but but that's not how it works. It requires work, as we know, as you know, Jen. When we manifest, there must be an exchange of energy. When I want something, I must give something in return. When I wanted Jen to 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 appear in my life with an offer, well, I have to wake up early in the morning, put on my face. It's still it's it's energy, so it's it's always this. So that's why I call my sessions brainstorming because I invite them to give me feedback. So I would say things like, "Hey, this year." You, you're, uh, you have a big opportunity when it comes to networks, right? What are you going to do about it? How can we use this? So I'm, I'm definitely booking a session with you. Like I, I, because I, I love, I said it at the beginning. I love the way Pauline articulates this information. It's like, I don't know if you realize that's like a gift for you because some people you can hit play on their video and it's like, I don't, I'm like, okay, well, but then just listening to you talk, it's like, you're just boom, just hitting it. Like, I'm like, I get it. Like, it's easy for me to understand when I'm hearing you articulate this information, which can be very layered and can be very detailed. Thank you. Actually, I should thank the universe. <laughs> yes. So just for people, I want to, we talked a lot about this energy around the divine feminine and period nine. Is there anything more you want to add to period nine and maybe anything else people should know about this time? No, I think let's move on to the year of the wood dragon, which is what you are quite uh, interested about as well. Yeah. And so just to double check though, you, the 
uh, period nine, when does that run from? In terms of the years, the official years is 2024 to 2043. Okay, that's way longer than I thought. <laughs> We've got 20 years in this energy. But really, though, it's so true. I love the way you explained it earlier with the, uh, now I remember, with the 180 and the nine periods and the first period being the wood dragon. Um, so let's talk about this because so many people are asking me, I have so many girlfriends, they're like, hey, do you know, I sent your video to so many people because, you know, people in spirituality, women in spirituality, all they know is year of the wood dragon and like what does that mean so what can we in general what can we expect from the year of the wood dragon a lot of surprises i wish i have better news to share <clears throat> but uh the Fatsu chart of the year of the wood dragon it uh, looks to be too exciting for many people so uh, my general advice to everyone, if you've got a job, hang on to it. I don't care if you don't like your boss, just hang on to it. It's okay to change jobs, of course, but make sure you have a job in hand before you quit. Don't quit and then go, I'll, oh, I'll look for another one because it's uh, the, the year's Patsu uh, chart is very volatile, so we don't know where the energies will lead. And there will be there there may be a lot of unexpected uh, setbacks, a lot of unexpected results that are coming in, right? And uh, do try to keep ourselves as free of debt as possible. Keep uh stay stay as fluid as you can. These are general good advices, but in twenty twenty four, based on the Basu chart, it is quite uh uh important. Okay. And uh, so for for everyone, regardless of what's happening outside, okay, and regardless of what, listen, with uh, I I am old enough to tell you that I've lived through many recessions and depression and blah blah blah, all those economic cycles, right? Regardless of what's happening outside, our human ability to innovate, okay, our human ability to be creative is the one thing that can help you doesn't matter what's going on outside so coming in period nine a lot of things will happen and end just like that because it's fire fire is fast so a lot of trends you catch on to a lot of trends and stuff like that and uh once it's gone it's gone so so similarly uh from a, a business point of view being a part of trends is very important so staying agile Fire is agile. Fire spreads. Okay, staying agile is going to be very important from 2024 onwards. And so when does, because I know that like Chinese astrology is different. Like do the dates, are the dates different for when the actual astrology or when like the wood dragon energy takes place? Isn't it like in February or something? Like for us in the United States, it's like New Year's. Yeah, like January 1st. But for you, like, or for the wood dragon and, and this, like when is the date that it actually starts and ends? Okay, again, we're coming back to uh, the difference between an official date because the official date is required so that we know when we to plot the chart, right? So it's February 4th every year, every single year. It's always February 4th. The time will change. So that's when the, the, the time and the minutes will change. All right. So it's always February 4th. But 
uh, please remember that energy doesn't move on a switch. So it's on an ascension and uh, a, a descent. So uh, when that happens, basically, um, Batu, we have different names, but we're looking at the same planets. Like Jia is Jupiter. You know, you have cooler names. You call it Jupiter, we call it Jia. Right, and uh, if if uh, you call it Venus, we call it Sin Metal, right? So the the obviously the planets are not going to go okay. Waiting for February fourth, February fourth, and then come February fourth, everybody's you know <laughs> we'll all be in trouble if that happens. So obviously they are in movement constantly. So we many of us are already feeling the energies of the Wood Dragon starting this uh December. You will start to feel more of the 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 energies coming in, and then it starts to grow. It starts to grow from February fourth onwards. Got it. So, stay stay focused and be agile. Be like the energy of fire, and move with change. It sounds like move with change, um, and just make sure you got your money straight. Like <laughs> like keep your money straight. Always make sure you've got money straight. Yeah, that's so important. Um, so, and for people who want to dive deeper into what this year could mean for them, what what do you recommend they do in terms of finding out like what year, what animal they are, and what does their animal year mean for the year of the wood dragon? How would you suggest they could dive deeper into that? Uh, first, uh, actually, it's quite easy these days to plot your own Fatsu chart because there are plenty of online plotters, right? Uh, I What I want everyone to know is uh, this common misconception that, oh, I was born in the year of the rat, therefore I'm a rat, full stop. But actually, your Fatsu chart has four pillars. You've got four other animals. So if, let's say, let's say, for example, yeah, there's a year where the rat is not so good. 2020, rat was horrible. <clears throat> okay. You have three other animals. You got backup. That's what it means. So it's, imp um, it's important not to let one pillar become your whole year, which is why we take pains on YouTube to encourage people, please plot your full chart. Don't turn one pillar into your whole year, one bad pillar. Okay. And uh, for example, for those of you who are listening, because we are on the cusp of 2024, right? Uh, the rabbit is uh, uh, notoriously not good in 2024, right? It's not, it's not very positive at all, all right? If you're, but if you're born in the year of the rabbit, those of you, uh, to our listeners, if you're born in the year of the rabbit and you work in the wellness space, Okay. You work in physical wellness, in emotional wellness, uh, spiritual wellness. It could even be financial wellness, any wellness you can name. If you work in this space that Jen and I both work in, congratulations, your market is sick. What are you doing? Go tell people what you can do. Go and tell them because you're born in the year. The year is your market. Your market is sick. Go tell them. Offer your services. Market yourself. You know, so... So as always, I think at the end of the day, I um what I would really like everyone to know is that positive or negative, of course, we all love having the positive stars. We love them, right? But having the negative stars is not the end of the world. It's never the end of the world because we, we have human agency. We get to choose, okay? 
to whether I use it, how do I use it, all right? So which is why I, in, in, in my, in my uh, YouTube videos, I keep telling everybody, this is it's for you to use, okay? Because I get a lot of these comments. I didn't experience any of the positives. All I got was the negatives. And I was like, oh, you need to use them. Yeah, like use all of the pillars. So that makes sense because when I watched your video, uh, The Wood Dragon, I'll link everything in the show notes. I found it very informative. I got general information about the year. And then, of course, like most people, got even more curious, Googled like what year I am, and then took my animal. And then you have videos on her YouTube page for each animal for the year. So I would recommend people do that. But that's what you were talking about with the pillars because you were recommending different animals. Um, like we're showing up, she has this awesome like projector behind her that shows the different um, uh, the animals or pillars, or I don't know if that was in the copy or not, but I saw it somewhere. And I remember looking at it and thinking like, what is these other animals have to do with the year of the rat, for example, like what, what would that have to do with me? But what Pauline is saying is like, these are other valuable assets for you. And so you don't just look at the year that you were born in that animal. Also look at the other animal pillars. You have four total and see what animals you can utilize. And would you recommend people, uh, to dive deeper into those animal pillars? Would you recommend them booking a reading to dive deeper into that? Um, actually, there's more to, to we, we call these stars auxiliary stars. They're auxiliary for a reason, okay? So it's like they are additional boosters. Like if you take certain actions, uh, something will happen, okay? So just to explain, the year pillar that everyone is familiar with represents external opportunities, the world at large, right? It's like, it's like the edge of our skin. It's the, the, the that <clears throat> boundary between me and the world. So the year is the world at large, right? So in a year where your year pillar is bad, your your friends are bad. Look on me. I'm okay, right? The month represents what we do for our work. Basically, the month is the money pillar. It's the wealth pillar. So it's it's the it's where it's how I earn my money, it's my career, it's my business, all right? So that's the month. The month is pretty important, all right? And uh, then your month pillar next year is a queen. It's a queen, okay? And uh, the day pillar governs me, myself, uh, my values, my perspectives. In the olden days, it used to govern the spouse as well. But we're in period nine. We'll use it for ourselves. Thank you very much, right? <laughs> and then, and uh, the hour pillar represents a big, big vast topic uh it represents our mindset it represents our investments it can also represent our children basically it's a legacy pillar but uh, i tend to uh interpret our in terms of mindset so back to the example of the rabbit okay i love seeing rabbit in the year for someone in a healing space someone who is working with maybe even energy healing those type of stuff because year represents other people so my market is sick i get to do something i uh, worry and i try to talk to the client and i try to bring the energy out when i see rabbit in the hour because it means that uh regardless of all the good things 
happening out there. All right, they may be having a party out there, but because of the rabbit in uh, the hour, which affects my mindset, I'm not of an inclination to go out and get it because I don't feel good, my mental wellness. So, but here's the thing, right? Uh, this auxiliary stars, I keep saying that it's not prophetic in nature. So even if, let's say, someone's listening now and goes, oh, no, I have rabbit in the hour, right? But if you keep your energy up, chances are you won't feel it at all. The year will just pass you by because you're so busy focusing on the external. Got it. Yeah, that makes a lot more sense. I wish I knew this in 2023. It was so tough. Like I have the um, rat as the animal and it was just like 2023 sucked. And if I would have realized about the pillars and I think I would have, I would have utilized those and been like, okay, like, what is this one? What can this one do for me? Or how can I use my energy over here a little bit differently? Um, Yeah, that's brilliant. 2023 sucked. uh, If you don't mind me sharing is because of your pick. Oh, please. Of of what? Your pick, the pick in your in your month. Because twenty twenty three the pick was, was not really uh not was not fantastic. Okay. But uh the pick was good for one thing in twenty twenty three. Networking. Interesting. Yeah. I it's so yeah, that's so exactly spot on. It was like networking was fantastic. You know, like talking to people, connecting with people, that kind of thing was great. But everything else just kind of wasn't doing anything. I see. Okay, so we yeah, that's why we need backup. You cannot rely on just one pillar. Yes, yes. So if just like we were explaining, once you guys look into the year of the wood dragon, which so many people will, you will see and be called to probably look at like your animal and then like me. If once you do that, make sure you check out the pillars and looking on that too. And then at some point, I I would recommend going ahead and sitting down with Pauline and diving deeper into your chart so that you can more deeply understand this. So how can people work with you? What's their what's the best way for them to connect with you? Well, I have, uh, I've sent you my website uh, link and there is a, a booking schedule there. Uh, all they have to do is just go ahead and, and book and then, but I need to give a caveat during uh, this from December until about March is our crazy period because during Chinese New Year, lots of people wants to, wants to have a forecast, wants to do strategy, wants to do planning for the, for the coming year. So uh, the, there might be a bit of a waiting list. I just need to tell everybody don't get upset with me. Perfect. Well, that's good. I mean, that's really exciting. I'm happy for you that that's that big push, right? Going into the new year and more people wanting to learn about that. So that's super cool. You're going to be so busy and, um, definitely get in with her. Um, I will link everything below on how to work with, uh, Pauline, how to find her. And is there anything that you have coming up, anything that you're particularly excited about right now that you want to add? Um, for now, no, I'm just looking forward to an exciting year in uh, 2024. Uh, for myself, the plan is, I mean, of course, uh, business is important. But for myself, uh, the highlight of the year happens in uh, April, where I have already scheduled a spiritual excursion for myself, right, and where we're going to 
to where I will be going to certain mountains in China to absorb some nice energy. And so, yeah, definitely looking forward to that. Uh, for now, uh, if uh, everyone could uh, just join me on, on YouTube, uh, I definitely will be doing classes in uh, Bazu. All right. And uh, so if you're interested, yes, uh, keep an eye out on the YouTube. The announcement will come real soon. Well, after Chinese New Year. Perfect. We will be on the lookout for that. It was so great being able to sit down with you and absorb some of this knowledge. I so value it. Thank you so much for being with us. And I'm sure we'll be in touch. Thank you, Jenny. It was such a pleasure being here. Thank you for listening to the She's a God podcast. Tune in next Thursday for a brand new episode. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. I would love to hear from you. Follow me on social media at This Is Jen Torres for all of the latest. And remember, she is a God, and so are you. Thank you.